This podcast is a production of Journey, a church community inspiring people to live big. For more information, please visit cincyjourney.org. Good morning. My name is Joe Merrick. I'm the lead pastor here at Journey. And let me just say, we are thrilled that you are here with us this morning on this cold morning. Uh, We're thankful for heat that works and keeps us warm. And uh, we're just really excited that you are here, especially this morning if you are new. It's a blessing to have you here with us this morning. Uh, Thank you for making us part of your weekend. Um. And whether you are new or you've been around many times before in the seat back in front of you, you can find one of these uh, cards. It's called our Connect Card. There's lots of uh, information you can put on there about yourself, uh, prayer requests, decisions that you've made. It's our desire that we would have one of these from every family here today. And so we just want to say thank you in advance for taking just a moment and filling that out for us. You can drop it in the offering bags as they go by at the end of our service. Or if you miss those, uh, there's some baskets on your way out. You can put them in there as well. Uh, With all of that said, let me just take a moment this morning and start with a word of prayer. Lord God, we are thankful. We are thankful for your presence, which is already here. And we just pray, God, that you bless this time that you bless these uh, words, God, that they are your words, that uh, you work and move in our hearts the way that you see fit. Thank you, God, for your presence here. Thank you for being with us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, today we're starting a new series entitled Rethinking the Church. And uh, I want to start off by sharing just a little bit about what excites me about this series. Sometimes in life, and certainly in religious life, in the life of the church, we get a wrong idea in our head. Sometimes it gets really planted in there, and we don't ever confront it, and so it just stays and stays. I want to talk about some of those wrong ideas. Here's uh, four for us. That the church is nothing more than just uh, coming to a weekend gathering. That's a wrong idea. Sometimes we get the wrong idea that bold or courageous faith, that's just something for people, characters in the Bible. It's not really for me. That's a wrong idea. Sometimes we get this notion that my actions or my inactions, they don't really affect anybody other than me. They don't affect my my family, my friends, my church. That's the wrong idea. Sometimes we get this idea that wanting to serve other people is pretty much as good as actually serving them. That's the wrong idea. Now, you might not verbalize these uh, exactly this way, but I'm telling you, after a lifetime in the church, after 10 years in Christian ministry, these are not only uh, wrong ideas, but they are prevalent ideas in the church. And so what excites me about this week, what excites me about this series is each week we're going to take one of these ideas and we're going to confront them. We're going to really shine them up against Scripture and see what we 
should be believing. And I believe that if we spend the next four weeks really uh, with an open mind thinking about these topics, really asking ourselves maybe some tough questions, I think that we can become better followers of Jesus. And I think as a church, we can be a better church. So let's uh, jump right in here this morning. Sometimes we get this wrong notion that being part of the church, that all we really have to do to really be a part of it is just uh, show up on a Sunday, that we can check the box after we have done that. We wrongly think that just being in uh, the physical vicinity of some other people, especially some other believers, that we have fulfilled God's call on us to be in community with other people. But God has some special, some distinct things He wants us doing in community. He wants us caring for one another. He wants us loving one another. He wants us enjoying one another, being with one another. And that goes way beyond an hour on a weekend. In Genesis chapter 1 and 2, we get the story of creation. And as the story of creation unfolds in Genesis 2.18, for the very first time, God says something, says, wait, something isn't right. He says, this is not good. And here was, is what wasn't good. Adam was made in God's image, and yet he was alone. This was a problem because uh, unity, community, oneness was in God's very nature And so he created Eve, not as an afterthought, not even as just creating another human, but he was finishing his creation of humanity, unity, the intertwining of life. What I'm trying to make sure that we get right off the bat here this morning is that community isn't just something that we get to add to our life. It's not something that we just, it kind of, if we get some, we're lucky and it makes our life just a little bit better. Community is necessary. It's essential. It's essential to who God has called all of us to be. The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul understood this. Uh, Paul was used in uh, some very dramatic ways in the early church. He planted churches all over the known world. And this is how it oftentimes go. Paul would travel to a city, to a new city, a new region. He would stay there a very short time, usually a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months. And he would uh, be in conversations with people. He would tell them about Jesus. They would come to faith and they would kind of circle up in a little church. And after he kind of got that little group started, then he would travel to a new city, a new place, and he was off and running. And while that church, uh, they might have had some initial teaching, um, oftentimes problems, questions would come up. And what they would do is they would write a letter. They would send a messenger to Paul in the new place, and he would write back to them, kind of answering what was the problems. And so on Paul's second missionary journey, kind of his second lap around the known world, uh, he comes to this town called Corinth. 
Let me just tell you a little bit about this place that he came to. Corinth was a, a really young city. It was just 80 years old. Really, it was an older city that got destroyed about 100 years before that, but then it was just vacant for a long, long time. But in 80 years, this city just blossomed. I mean, it blew up to 80,000 people. It was this really important port city. And so people from all over the world would uh, travel there. It was called the passageway to all mankind. In just uh, 80 years, it became the third most important city in the entire Roman Empire. I tell you all this, all of this is important because... It was such a young and fast-growing city. There was really only one thing that was important in the city. How much money you had and how much influence you had. Unlike a lot of the other uh, Roman cities, it, it didn't have kind of the hierarchy, the aristocracy that these other cities had. So it was a city that was obsessed with getting ahead. In that way, it's not that much different than our world today. And not only that, it was a city that was full of all kinds of sin and brokenness. There were uh, cults, temples, prostitution. It was this melting pot of uh, just religious customs as people came from all these different regions to be a part of this important port city. I share all of that so we don't miss this one important fact. Corinth was a city... Uh, full of trouble, greed, and lust, and sin. And so, when Paul writes to Corinth, there's any number of things that he could address to them, any number of things that he could be talking about, any number of problems and challenges that they faced, and yet one of the biggest ones that he writes about is the disunity he sees in the church. The disunity they had amongst themselves, how they didn't uh, care for one another in the right ways, how they didn't treat each other in the right ways. Paul was really concerned about unity. He feared that if they couldn't unify in Christ, that they would perish, would falter. We see this uh, many places in Corinthians, but right off the bat, in the very first chapter, in the 10th verse, kind of in the very introduction of the section, we get this. Paul says, 1 Corinthians 1, 10. I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another, so that there may be no divisions among you, and that there may be Uh, that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. What I'm trying to make sure that we understand here is that unity for Paul, for uh, the Bible, for God, it's not this afterthought. It's this really essential notion it's so important here that in, in, for Paul, for in the scriptures, that it becomes this major theme in parts of the Bible. It's wrong for us. It's wrong for us to assume that we have achieved God's vision for us to have Christian community with one another when we've really given it minimal effort. 
here's just a small list of why God places such high importance on community. Five things for us. First is this. It's reflective of who God is. Community is reflective of who God is. The Trinity is the origin of Christian community. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit working together in unity. Number two is enjoyment. I don't know about you, but when I am uh, doing things in life and I'm doing them with people who love me and whom I love, everything is more fun. That's part of God's design of community. Number three, correction. This one isn't as fun to talk about, but we need people in our life. That when we get off track, that they are in our life enough to notice it and to point it out to us. I'm going to talk about that more in a couple of weeks when we talk about accountability. Number four, community helps us to experience God's presence. God lives in people. And so it shouldn't be a surprise to us that one of the many ways, one of the main ways even, that we experience God's presence is through other people. Number five, community with one another helps us to share God's word with the world, to share who God is with the world. This comes from Jesus himself. John 13, 34 and 35 says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. And then get this in verse 35. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. This is just a small list of why community is so important in the scriptures, why it's so important to Paul, why it's so important to God. To go back to uh, Corinthians for just a moment. Paul actually, he talks about unity, community several times in uh, Corinthians, but one that I want to draw us back to is 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 20. Paul gives us this beautiful picture of what a community, what unity, what friendship, what the church is supposed to look like. He says this, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized By one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many parts. He goes on to say, now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And he says, if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, Paul continues, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, 
God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. I just want to pause here for a moment. I just want to pause and let us reflect on all of the ways that a community, that unity gets, keeps getting brought up in the scriptures. That's really a lot that we've talked about so far. We talked about how community showed up in the very first pages of the Bible. How this notion of being unified shows up in the creation story. We talked about how it's in God's own nature. Unity is, community is in who he is. We heard Jesus' own words say that the world will know him. It's a big part of our calling as a church to help the world to know him, that the world will know him because of how we treat each other. Lastly, we just heard Paul give this beautiful analogy of how the body, the, uh, the church community should be working as well as the body does together. I don't know about you, but this seems like a, a mountain of evidence for the importance of community in the life of a believer. But one of the things that I notice is while it seems so important in Scripture so many times, it doesn't seem that important in my life. I want to spend the last few minutes of our time together talking about why that is. I sent an article, I shared an article, oh, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. There was an author called, named Dietrich Bonhoeffer who wrote a book entitled Life Together, and he gives us a clue as to why. Why we don't put this importance on community in our life the way it is in Scripture. He says this, The person who loves their dream of community, that's key there, their dream of community will destroy it but the person who loves those around them will create community. In other words, community is one of those buzzwords that's really easy to get excited about. It's really easy to say, you know what, yes, I, I want some more of that in my life. Yes, I need that. But here's the issue. Most of the time when we say that, what we're saying is, I want my vision of community. I want it on my terms. And that's not how God created it. To be. Uh, this week I sent an article that kind of listed out some things that keep us from community. I want to share three of those that uh, were in the article. Things that keep us from true community. Number one is this. Expecting to find Perfection. Expecting to find perfection. Uh, community is made up of people first off, and people are perfect, so we're not going to find perfect community. But even beyond that, 
So many times when we are looking for perfection, this is what is happening. We are looking way out. We're looking way out. This is oftentimes how we see this played out in our day. We see some perfectly filtered picture on Instagram. And it's this uh, group of friends gathered around a table and it looks like they're just having the time of their life. And we say to ourselves, if I was just there, If I was in that picture, if I was in that moment, well, then I would belong. Then I would be a part of something. I would be in community. We think to ourselves that those people, they would get me. They would laugh at all my jokes the first time, right? They would like all the same things that I like. They would um, share deeply with me without the expectation that I would do the same thing. In return. And while we're waiting for all of this make believe perfection, this is what's really happening. We're holding out. We're holding out on really investing ourselves in those around us. We're missing loving the people right in front of us which is exactly what Jesus calls us to do. Hear me today. If you're one of the many people looking for community, stop looking far out for perfection and start looking right in front of you. Second thing that keeps us from community. We run away when it gets hard. We run away when it gets hard. It happens all the time, but we're still surprised. People think differently than we do. They respond to life differently than we do. Sometimes they even experience God differently than we do. Many times when this differences, when they show up, we bail out by default. Instead of pressing through the discomfort, when the first sign of differences show up, we leave. And sometimes, sometimes I wonder if the community that we long for, that God calls us to, is just a couple of difficult conversations away. Just a few awkward moments away. In other words, I wonder how many times we've given up on a friendship. We've given up on a friendship because of some difference that showed up. If we would have stuck it out, we would have experienced the community that God calls us to. Precisely because of the um, differences that we initially wanted to run away from. So not only do we need to love those around us, but we need to give relationships time. We need to be doing, willing to do the hard work to get through the difficult times to get to what God really wants us to enjoy and experience true community. Number three, we put other things before Jesus. Quite simply, we put other things before 
Jesus. The best example that we have of what God wants community to look like is the community that Jesus built with his disciples. And there's a lot of variety, there's a lot of different backgrounds in the disciples. There's a lot of disagreements if we look at the Gospels between the disciples of people questioning Jesus and what he's doing. And yet, the one thing that they all have in common, all of the disciples, is they have this deep desire to follow Jesus. We often talk about this in marriage counseling. That no matter how far apart you might be on an issue, no matter how far apart you may feel in a certain moment, if you are both trying to get closer to God, if you're both trying to live your life more like Jesus, you will automatically be drawn closer to one another. The most important factor in building godly community with others isn't finding the right people. It's having the right heart in ourselves. If we are daily seeking after who Jesus is, trying to be more like him, there is no better investment we can make in building community than that. My prayer for you today, my prayer for me today is that We have seen, not just in my words, but we've seen again and again in the Bible that community is a big deal, that it's a big deal for uh, Paul, that it's a big deal for God, that it is this theme in Scripture that should not be ignored. I pray that we have seen that in all of these examples that we have talked about. That it's not something we just get to add to our life if we're lucky. That makes it just a little bit better. It's necessary for us to be who God calls us to be. Pray maybe that you've seen some of the stumbling blocks that are so common to true community. Expecting perfection running away when it gets hard, putting things before Jesus. I pray maybe that you've identified one or two of those in your life that you can work on and find ways to be better at. And the last thing I want to make sure that you hear today is that God doesn't leave you alone to do this work. The good news for us today is that community is something that God calls us to. It's something that he wants for all of our lives. And it's something he wants to help us build. Will you join him in that work? Let's pray about that today. Lord God, from the story of creation to working with your disciples, you give us these examples of how important it is for us to have people in our life who know you, who um, make us better followers of you. 
people who love us, people who enjoy spending time with us, people who we enjoy spending time with, but people, God, who sense God's call in their life, people who aren't afraid to uh, point out when we get off track and point us back to you. People who you use to show up in our life. God, it truly is a wonderful blessing and gift. And God, we celebrate. We celebrate the fact that you don't leave us alone to find that. So God, I pray that if there are people here today who are seeking community, seeking what you call us to, I pray that you just uh, lay on their hearts people and opportunities to build that. Because God, when you picture the church, when you picture our lives, you picture us not just by ourselves, but you picture us in community and in unison with other believers. In fact, you say with your own words that that picture of unity, that picture of community be, will be so beautiful and will be so wonderful that the world will know you because of how we treat one another. Make that true for me. Make that true for every person here today. In your name we pray.